Welcome to Plugged and Unplanned. I'm Tony Nash, the CEO of Booktopia, and today I'm very excited because I have a brilliant person in our presence. Be Brilliant is Janine Garner's new book, How to Lead a Life of Influence. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Tony. I'm looking forward to this this chat. That's so great, and congratulations on your book. I know um, they say that sometimes writing a book is a little bit like giving birth or giving giving birth. I'm, I'm never going to have to experience that myself, but I get to interview a lot of uh, successful and amazing women. Um, and so they've quite often referred to that as 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 um, a very arduous process. But was it for you? Was it difficult to sit uh, down? It, it, I think this book in particular was one of the, the hardest. So this is the third book I've written. And this one I found really challenging. I don't know if it's because I'm a little bit older since I wrote the last two and my children, my three teenage children have become more challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, my business has grown. And so whether it was the fact that I was trying to juggle so much, um, but I found it hard as every book is. It's it, this is a labor of love. There is so much blood, sweat, and a hell of a lot of tears went into this book. Because I'm sharing so much more of my personal story in here than I've ever done before. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. It's like the builder that never finishes her, their house or the hairdresser that leaves it till the last minute to get a haircut. It's the same here where I'm, you know, I was literally writing um, on the evidence and having spoken to so many people around the world and then putting my own story into it and then going, oh, my God, I'm not actually even doing what I'm talking about. So there's this constant backwards and forwards. And if, if you were to speak to my editor, she will tell you about far too many late nights of, of her challenging me and pushing me to share more. And, and the scary thing is, as I've shared with a few people, Tony, you put – you put this labor of love out into the world, which is your thinking and your thoughts. And it's a massively vulnerable place to be because you have no idea what's about to happen. People's commentary, uh, you're ready for it. But it's it's nerve wracking when you put some of your own thoughts and particularly your own stories uh, into your work. So, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It was hard. It was hard. But the end result, seeing it now, I'm like, oh. Definitely my, my favorite child at the moment. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. And they behave themselves so much better than normal teenagers. Um, having teenagers myself, I can, I can, um, I can feel the, the, the pain and the joy. Yes. So, so some people may not know you. A lot of people obviously do. You're a keynote speaker and, and educator and, and a highly sought after person on the subjects of leadership and business and so forth. So just share a bit about your background so people understand kind of where you've come from um, and, and you know, how come you got to then distill all of that into a book like this? Yeah, um, I, I'm obviously not from Australia originally. Um, I was born and bred in the UK. Uh, I'm actually from the north of England. So, uh, Grown up, grew up on a farm, a massively working class family. You know, the philosophy that I was taught from a very young age, in the words of my father, were very much where there's muck, there's brass love. I work hard. Um, a very traditional working class family. Um, actually, looking back now, 
quite sexist in terms of the roles that I was supposed to do as a daughter and, and my brother and male cousins. But it was um, a pretty basic life. And then I uh, went to uni and I was one of the lucky ones, actually, that was given a student loan from the government to go. Otherwise, I wouldn't, wouldn't have actually headed there. So that was my first insight into the opportunity that gets created when someone almost opens a door for you. Um, and essentially, my working life was pretty traditional. Um, I worked my way up the ladder uh, from a graduate trainee uh, into running marketing departments. At the age of 29, I packed everything up and arrived in Australia, literally with, I arrived on the 1st of December 2000 uh, with a backpack, with a resume, and with a permanent residency visa, and my boyfriend, who is now my husband. But essentially, I arrived in a country where I had to try and rebuild my career, um, and yet I had no social proof here. Um, I had to rebuild my network, and yet I knew no one here. And I had to rebuild my life with this, this dream, but no real understanding of how Australia worked and the cultural differences of Australia. And that really was the first uh, real insight into the power of connection, of uh, the importance of getting people around you, of being able to share more about yourself and trust other people to help, help you grow and achieve. And essentially, I re rebuilt my career. I became the group marketing director of a company called Oriton Group. So I was looking after the Oriton brand and the Ralph Lauren brand. And then I decided to chuck it all in. And at the age of, I'm giving my age away now, but 10 years ago at the age of 39, um, I decided to start all over again. So I started to build my own business. Um, it was pretty much bootstrapped. Um, and that business was driven by this personal need of, at the time, I had three children. They were uh, all under six. I've still got them, but yeah, they're a bit older now. Um, but at the time I left corporate, I had three children under six and I had this dream about there's got to be more women out there like me that want to be, uh, still want to grow, still want to develop, still want to use their brains, have big dreams of, of contribution to the workplace and yet also want to be mums and great friends and inspire the next generation. And I literally just put it out there amongst some complete strangers to join me for dinner. And that dinner experience turned into a business, a networking business that I actually built over those next eight years. And I sold that business uh, in March, 2019. And over the course of that journey, um, and there's a lot more of it shared in the book because it certainly wasn't all unicorns and rainbows, that's for sure. But over the course of, of that journey, I was starting to get asked to speak. Um, I started uh, writing the first book, From Me to We, which is all about the power of collaboration and working together, which then led into It's Who You Know, the best-selling book, It's Who You Know, which is all about network and who we have around you. And now it's led to this book. Um, and essentially, my I'm just obsessed with the power of connection, Tony, and, and how this builds, helps build incredible relationships, how it helps unlock um, awesome innovations and collaborative opportunities, and ultimately, how both of those things help businesses make money. And over the course of my professional career and then building my own business, 
I've met so many incredible leaders and game changers and world-class athletes and thought provokers that I started to get curious about what is it that makes the difference? What is it that is the tipping point between being great, being good at what you do, but then actually what's the tipping point between that and becoming brilliant to really owning your space. And so the journey into this book started about three years ago. I set up a podcast called Unleashing Brilliance and really use that to, a bit like we're doing now, have conversations to try and dig and explore. And these four key trends were coming out over and over and over again, um, which led me then into doing more face-to-face -face interviews, to researching, to then looking at my own personal and professional journey and the result of that has turned into the book that is Be Brilliant um, and essentially what I do now is I, I speak around the world when we could travel uh, I train organizations around the world when we could travel um, and I my, my big passion is helping individuals and organizations unlock the brilliance that they have in their four walls because I do believe we've all got it in us. It's just for whatever reason, uh, we like to shake off our differences, we try and conform, and yet the world now needs innovation, it needs ideas, it needs us all to step up, to be brave enough, to be our brilliant selves so that we can lead both through what we're experiencing now and into the future, not just as business leaders, not just as business owners, but also as people that are making a change in community, as, as friends, as family leaders. We've all got to step up and actually um, live the life that we want to live. And that really is the essence of this book to say, you know what, you've got it. You've got everything you need. You just need to unlock it instead of hiding it. Mm, interesting. So yeah, obviously you've provoked a lot of thoughts and 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 I guess personal self-assessment while you're talking there going okay well I could certainly be better at that and uh, you know I'm well I'm pretty good at these things um do you find like it's obviously there's not one you know one size fits all kind of like everyone is coming from very different backgrounds and very different value systems and experiences and hardships and and opportunities is is that kind of irrelevant when you kind of sounds very um, and it's the way that I operate is very horizon point driven where this is where you're heading so if, if brilliance and being personally brilliant is your destination point whatever you've got as your background is kind of who you know not who cares but well that's you know that's that's what your 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 platform is that is that how it kind of feels for you yeah, I think what what you're talking to, every, absolutely everybody has got various stories going on in their heads, uh, various facets that make them who they are. And yet so many of us avoid owning that stuff. Um, and what I'm seeing is, you know, if you look at the world, particularly if we look at what we're all experiencing now, where there is so much change going on. There is so much uh, challenge in terms of how to operate, uh, how to lead, how to adapt, how to move. 
um, the risks are really real. Um, and they were real pre-COVID and they're real now in that people were feeling disconnected. People were feeling fractured in terms of how they're living their lives. And there was this unconscious fear and anxiety, which has almost been amplified uh, with this current period that we've gone through. And what people have been doing through through the research that I was doing, it was almost like people are acquiring skills and looking for the seven easy steps to or the, the ways to fix problems and yet continuing to struggle with a lack of self-belief and self-doubt. People were um, randomly connecting with people and almost building these hordes of lists of connections, particularly fueled by this need on social media, and yet still feeling really disconnected. And this, this obsession with acquiring stuff, and yet people were feeling unhappy. And I'm going with everything that's moving around us. You know, we, we're entering to, into this crazy recovery stage, this reimagination stage of work and life right now where the reality is the questions continue to be many, but the answers are few. The only thing that is consistent, the only thing that you absolutely have control over is who you are, who you are being, and who you want to become. And so then when I look at that, I go, I actually do challenge in the book a little bit Simon Sinek's It Starts With Why, and I love Simon Sinek's work. But I actually think that that starts with why um, stance has almost fueled this anxiety. You know, I, I work with organizations who are spending a fortune trying to determine their why. You see individuals searching for the answers as to what their why is. And I'm going, you know what, I, I actually don't think it starts with why. I actually think it starts with who, who you are, who you are being, and who you want to become. And... When I looked into it, it was absolutely, as you're saying, Tony, it was people's inner demons, inner stories, uh, their differences, their perceived imperfections, their limitations that were getting in the way. And my argument, my suggestion is, you know what, until we can accept our imperfections, until we can stop beating up ourselves about our imperfections and rise above them, until we can stop making excuses from our limit, for our limitations and accept them until we can do that for ourselves. How can we possibly create the space to allow others to do the same? Mm. And so the impact of that on leadership, the impact of that on how we manage our teams, the impact of that on how we actually manage our teenagers and our families, all of it is, is being challenged because essentially there comes a point where we are faking it till we make it. And so my wish within this book is going, you know what, you're, you're all doing brilliantly. We're all doing the best we can, but we've got to rise up. We've got to accept who we are. We've got to quit the voices in our head. We've got to make sure we're bringing the best of ourselves energetically to everything that we're doing. We've got to connect with intent. We've got to magnify our own influence, our own brilliance, so that through doing that, we're allowing everybody else to step up too. And it's, it takes work because for so long we've had it beaten out of us. And now we get it beaten out of us in the schoolyard. <laughs> we get it beaten out of us through 360-degree reviews, you know, those old-style 360-degree reviews where we would focus on what you're rubbish at and then you'd have a 12-month development plan on helping you get better on what you're rubbish at. You know, it's constantly trying to conform and smooth off 
and shape so that we could fit in. And this need to fit in is driving the insecurity, the the lack of self-belief, the feelings that we're not good enough, fueled by society. And I'm going enough, enough, because the evidence is showing us that it's leading to depression, a lack of well-being. It's, it's, It's driving mental health. It's driving stress. And yet our future leaders Our future, you know, the people that are watching us, you'll be seeing it in your organization, I'm sure, Tony, people are looking for someone to follow. They're looking for inspiration. They're looking for guidance. And you don't necessarily have to have all the answers. But the more real you are, the more you own all of your wobbly bits and your jiggly bits, all of the the things that are different and just bring you and your your realness to, to what you do, the bigger the impact. And I just got a little bit over the constant conversation around real leadership, authentic leadership, and going, it's just a word at the moment. Because to be real and to be authentic, we've actually got to do some big work on ourselves, which is essentially what what this book talks to. And, And it came from the work that I'd already done, because the first book around teamwork, essentially collaboration, was all about how we get teams working together and and the the rules for doing that. Then I went into, you know what, we also need a support team around us, which is where It's Who You Know, my second book, came from. And then through looking at the the results of those two pieces of work and then overlaid with the podcast and talking to hundreds of people around the world, I went, you know what, we cannot connect in the right way. We cannot collaborate in the right way unless we actually connect with ourselves first, because there's always going to be a piece of us that's missing from the conversation. And and that's that's what this is about. And I mean, that just spins off so many questions and I can hear people listening going, oh, I want you to ask this, Tony, ask because <laughs> Like this is a really important question, so I can I can feel the the fervor of the moment. Um, things like um, you know, the way that we self sabotage, which is kind of like what you were touching on, that our own beliefs and values are what are limiting us, and by letting those go, or even if not letting them go, embracing them and loving those those imperfections and and our things that um, we know we're useless at, um, that you can then only truly move forward. Do you feel like there's some people, you talked about people are looking to other people to lead. Is this a book for every single person on the planet or is it by by default that actually some people really um, don't want to be brilliant. They just want to be actually really average um, because that's their comfort and and that's totally okay. Like, we're, you know, and and is that how you're in this space so is that how it kind of plays out that people it's it's actually not for everyone because it's about stepping up and being as um as magnificent as you can possibly imagine to be yeah great question tony um i really believe that the majority of people want to become better tomorrow than they are today now that doesn't mean that everybody wants to become a ceo or everybody wants to become the prime minister of a country, or everyone wants to become a multi-millionaire business owner. But I do believe that every single, the majority of individuals want to become better tomorrow 
than they are today. Of course, there are going to be some outliers around that that are comfortable. But whether I speak to, um, you know, athletes or business leaders or parents, um, everybody has this at the moment, this thing of there's something more. And I think there are, this, this book is for anybody that is in that space of questioning. That's going, you know, even people that are going, I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, I talk to many individuals in organizations that have got great jobs. Um, they're, they're getting the results. Um, they almost can do their job standing on their head. But there's something that's going, there's something more. There's something more. There's something more. And this book is, is a framework to help people unlock that. So it certainly isn't a one-stop fix. I really believe um, Richard Branson actually said, the day we stop learning is the day we stop living. And I feel the same about this concept of brilliance, that it's a practice, that it's very much like learning to meditate or learning to be to be an awesome cook or learning to run a marathon. It's the constant need to just keep reflecting on how you're doing, taking a step back and going back into it. And and that constant reflection is is the journey to brilliance. And then I introduced the four laws. But but to give you to give you some just some examples, I mean I spoke to um Paul Zara in the on my podcast. He features in the book too. He was the CEO of David Jones. I think he now is is actually looking after the retailing association for Australia. And he's had an incredible <clears throat> corporate career. He started, I think, like 15 years um, at a go in Davy Jones on the shop floor and pretty much worked his way up to CEO. And I asked him this question, what, what, what was the tipping point for me? You know, he was an individual that was constantly striving, improving and striving, improving. And he actually said, Janine, the moment I owned who I was, the moment I just stopped faking it till I made it. The moment I stopped trying to conform and the moment I just went, you know what, this is me, essentially. I sound like uh, that that movie. Um, this is me. Um, the moment I stopped pretending, things just started happening. And when I explored that, uh, I'd love to throw that back at you, Tony. You know, what was the moment where you went, things are moving and they're moving quite easy, quite easily versus it being this this constant constant struggle, and this owning your spotlight piece is where where it all starts and why it's hard work, because as you said, we've all got these noises in our head. Another person I spoke to was a fabulous woman, Cheryl in Shackle. She's based in the UK, and we were talking about this concept of voices in our head, and we've all got them. You know, these crazy voices that tell us we're not good enough. Um, that stop us from speaking up uh, or making X decision or doing something different. And uh, she just made me laugh because she essentially has named her voices uh, Mildred the Orangutan. And she, she's the CEO of this, this incredible company in the UK. And she says, Janine, Mildred appears. And I've just learned to just stop and have a little conversation with Mildred and tell her to back off, I'm okay. And I went, that's, you know, that's that's a little bit of genius to be able to just visualize the voices. And imagine if we could all do that, if we could all just put our voices to one side, what it could unlock. And again, I explored that with various 
various people around the world and it was the same thing Janine once I stopped listening to the negative voices once I stopped doubting my capability once I just stepped in knowing that my intent was to be the best person I could be in that moment there was nothing there was nothing else holding me back and I go imagine if more of us could do that imagine mm-hmm. I mean you throwing it back to me um I, um, you know, I have this uh, story that I do in my public speaking around that, you know, that you're not your car, you're not your, you're not your girlfriend, your children, your sporting team, you are not your, uh, your business. So I've always been able to have separation between the business booktopia and who I am. So my identity is not, is not, um, uh, I've been given the privilege to lead this company, but it's not who I am. And I think that that h- helps uh, me be uh, the leader of this company. However, um, you know, people come up to me after I do my speaking events, and they want selfies, and and they you know want to ask me questions, and 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 they th- you know, they tell me that you know that that I'm a legend, and they admire me, and et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. But I know when I go home, you know, and I'm my wife is reminding me of all the things I haven't done. And, you know, and as a dad, you, you didn't say this and um, you didn't, you know, you should have included me in, in that conversation. Like there's just so much evidence out there how unbrilliant I am. So my question now is, is like, do you find with the work that you're doing that, um, that there's an opportunity cost in terms of um, brilliance in in the workplace versus being you know a brilliant dad or a brilliant mum or a brilliant you know uh, a brilliant spouse um brilliant child to an aging parent uh, do you or can you have it all so i don't think i think at the moment society is living the opportunity cost because i think at the moment too many people have actually um, linked their success to their work, and that does become their identity. And um, what I want to encourage people to do is to understand that work is just one facet of who you are. Um, I speak to, you know, I just think about the people that I've worked with and run training programs with, and it doesn't matter what level of the organization they're at, their level of responsibility. Um, you know, the amount of budget that they're accountable for or the scale of their businesses. Everybody is exhausted and everybody has been going, is is this what it's all about? What's next? And I think it is because, Tony, too many of us, and maybe it's a generational thing as well, too many of us, it, it almost your career became the key thing. Now, I'm not saying packing your career. I'm the last person to do that. But what I am saying is you can make this even more incredible if you actually get all the other facets working well. So people aren't brilliant because they've given up how important some of these other parts of, of them are. And, and you know, the second law I do talk to in the book is about harnessing your energy. I see too many people that might have visions and goals, project plans for themselves, things that they want to do, and yet they're exhausted um, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I go, how can you bring the best of yourself to your work, to your teams, 
to your businesses, to your family, to your friends, if this one thing that you have control over, that you actually cannot FedEx back your body and your mind, that you're not looking after. And I, I actually get really upset when I see this awesome talent that is running on empty. And I've said to a few CEOs, I said, your businesses, are, uh, your team are dying from the inside. Yes, you've got talent. Yes, you've got innovation. Yes, you've got a whole heap of projects happening, but your people are exhausted and that they will hit breaking point. And, and for me, part of being brilliant is working out what your personal all is. Um, and it can be career, it can be family, it can be friends, but too many people have forgotten the other two, the other two important pieces. I do this exercise, Tony, where I go, imagine you're, um, you know, those clowns that we used to have at the circus and they're spinning plates. Now, I go, imagine you're spinning three plates, one in each hand, and somehow you're balancing the third in between your toes. And your job is to try and keep them all up. Because if one crashes and smashes, it's really hard to rebuild it. And I go, each of those plates has a name. One plate is career or business. And I go, how are you doing out of five? Five being awesome and one being oh, not so good. Like, how are you doing? Second plate, friends, relationships. How are you doing out of five? Again, five, awesome, one, not so good. And I go, the final plate, you. How are you doing? Looking after yourself, your goals, your dreams, um, the bucket list stuff that makes your life matter. How are you doing on that? And every single time, I reckon 98% of the time I run this exercise, career is the number one plate and you is right at the bottom, like literally spinning so low. And I go, we've got to get that up because how can you serve your family, your teams, your organization, your CEO, your shareholders if you're running on empty? If we can bring the best of ourselves to everything that we do, then it will unlock incredible, innovative ideas. It will unlock powerful conversations. It will enable us all as individuals to lead ourselves better and to lead the people around us better. When I talk leadership, Tony, I'm not just talking about people in organizations. Um, every single one of us has the opportunity to make an impact every day. Um, and that, that is what I want. I, I, my wish is that more and more people are living and leading the life that they want to live. Um, and, and that's why I had to just write this book because I was seeing too many people just being shadows of themselves. Um, on paper, it looked great. Um, and again, there's stories in the book of leaders that on paper, it looked great. Their diaries were jammed. They were bringing in the revenue. They had the job title. They had the car. They were traveling around the world. Or the mom that has the three awesome, healthy kids and living in the great suburb. But there was something, it was a shadow of themselves. And I go, enough, it has to stop. It has to stop. Um, because there's so much untapped potential in there. Once again, many thoughts being stimulated here. That's why it's completely um, unplanned, these conversations. Um, <laughs> so when, when I think about uh, Simon Sinek and start with why, Mm. Um, what, how. Um, I did training with Robert Kiyosaki in um, Business School for Entrepreneurs in Hawaii back in 1993 while I was an employee before I started my first business in 96. And 
16 days, very intensive, flew people in from all around the world. And, and one of the women, Amy Edmondson, was, a, was a, a lady who had studied under Buckminster Fuller, who was an inventor and genius. Um, and, and he, his teachings are that, um, that the smallest system in the world um, is a tetrahedron, a four-sided pyramid, because having um, horizon point, point A, um, you know, is only in theory. It's, it doesn't exist. Uh, and having A to B, it's a line. It doesn't exist. It's only in theory. A, B, and C, a triangle, the smallest shape, it's still theoretical. To have the smallest system, you just need one further point away from the triangle to create a tetrahedron, and then you have a four-sided, uh, you have a four-pointed triangle, where therefore it's the smallest system in the world. So when I think of anything and the way that you talked about Simon Sinek and, and what, that there was something missing and you actually need to dive in first, that's the fourth. When I go, yeah, that's the fourth part of the system. That's the way I think. So when you referred to, to before about, and I, I changed it slightly in the way that I was interpreting what you were saying because um, work, uh, family or relationships and you, um, um, contribution, not work, because what happens when you're retired? Yeah. How are you contributing, right? Connections, yep. which is your family, and every, you to everyone else, and then you. What is, for me, and I'm now desperately asking you as an expert, what, what is the fourth, is there a fourth thing that you go, oh yeah, um, is, there, is there something else that sits out of that that gives me the model that I can continue to take what you've got in your book here and start to think of it in my own life and go, yeah, that's what I, because if I was to, as you, and use your thing there, and maybe it's, maybe it's this, maybe it's um, um, the fourth part of that system is like, if I was to grade uh, me as the way that you described it before, how am I doing health, you know, mental well-being, rest, vitality um, out of five, give myself a score maybe at the moment I might give myself a two or a one um, business yeah four or five or co or contribution connections uh, probably three or four right and then I have a therefore the total out of 15 is X right and in my case the way that I did it then just just call it 10 10 out of 15 right so then maybe that's the fourth part of it where it all comes together and that's that's um that's really um your 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 place in the universe your the way that you're sure i don't know i'm just curious to think you know when you think about that because if you don't my mind works if you don't have four things you don't have a system and if you don't have four things then you will struggle to make that so a lot of the things that we do in our business and i've done in many businesses okay what are the four things that we're doing to make this sustainable so we talk you've heard the expression win-win yes win-win yes. doesn't win-win doesn't exist it's double win-win yeah. For me to win, for Booktopia to win, Booktopia needs to make a profit, right? Our customer needs to be able to buy it at a good price. Our suppliers actually need to make money as well because if they're not making money, like Woolies and Coles do with eggs and milk, right? Maybe they go out of business. I need to know that they're making money. I'll quite often say to a client, are you sure you give me that discount? Is it enough? Don't, you know, don't do that just for me because you can't sustain that. And then the fourth is your employees. 
they need to be able to come to work, they need to be paid well, they need to be energized. How often do you hear of people being used and abused or worked, uh, you know, endless hours, right? And, you know, Amazon, from my experience, plays dub, uh, win, win, lose, lose. Amazon is the winner, the customer is the winner. I know because I talked to, they're the same suppliers that we're buying books from, right? They are being squeezed to all hell. And the employees, you hear these ter terrible stories of them being um, ambulances outside the, you know, the front of uh, Amazon warehouses. Now, I don't know whether that's true, but I like to talk it up because, you know, it's pretty uh, yeah, <laughs> unnerving. Um, so it could very, it could just be an urban myth, but, you know, it might be true. So um, the, is there a fourth, like when you think about it in that way? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love just listening to you talking and thinking. It's like, uh, yes, I'm so glad this is unplugged and a conversation because it's just great to explore these concepts. And I, and I think, you know, what, what you're talking to is, is actually part of the challenge, right? It's, and maybe when I talked about career, I would almost take contribution out. Um, and it may be that career word is different because... I think part of the challenge of it starting with why as a concept is that it's so far out for some people to hang on to that, that that's what is feeding the anxiety. Whereas I like to talk to, and this is where I go, it's like, who do you want to become? Like, like what is, why does this matter? What, what is it all about? And if we can, as individuals, make sure all these three facets of ourselves are the how we work, the connections that we've got, the who it is that we're being, make sure they are working in alignment and continually as a well-oiled machine, just working faster and faster to help us move further towards contribution and a life that matters, um, impact that matters, the influence that matters, whatever that means for the individual, then surely ultimately that's what it's all about and you're you talked as well about the a to b concept absolutely i mean how many of us do um you know having worked corporately for 20 years and you know building business plans and you go i'm here at a and i'm gonna be at b and the reality is from the moment you sign it off it goes down here wiggles around and you're totally upended and you hope you get to b but you're more likely to get to c I think the same for us is the same for us as individuals, and this is part of the challenge of it. It's starting with why, because life isn't unicorns and rainbows. Um, you know, we've seen it with this incredible emergency uh, phase that we've been in with COVID nineteen, where suddenly everything that we thought to be true has been thrown up in the air, from business, from life, um, from connection, from what we're doing every day. Uh, which has led to a whole load of introspection as well as how we manage and lead and our ability to be able to pull ourselves out of that and look in and go, okay, what do I need to adjust now to get myself back on track is, is, the, is the critical thing. So, so I think in answer to your question, I would go maybe in my mind it's, it's the impact that you're making and the ripple effect that that is having from you being truly yourself every single day. And in the book, I talk to the four. So the four I talk to about in the book are, first of all, owning you, owning your spotlight, you know, you becoming visible and believing in yourself, essentially. The second one is about, okay, if, if you're owning who you are, 
uh, and you're becoming invisible, you're starting to believe in yourself, uh, you've got a goal for yourself, you've got the vision of what it is in terms of the impact you want to make, then it's about making sure that the physical physicality of you, your energy is able to support that. And this is where I'm seeing too many individuals um, falling down. So it's the harnessing your energy piece, the, the, the being ready piece that's critical step number two. So at every single opportunity, you're bringing the best, best of yourself. And that absolutely is the, the habits, the behaviors, the mindset, the stamina, et cetera, to stay in your lane. The third one I talk about in the book is you can, you can have your, your goals, your vision, be clear on who you are. You can actually be ready to go really well. But unless you're supported, unless you've got the right team or the right inner circle around you that are expanding your belief, expanding your thinking, um, pushing you to achieve more, supporting you, then you'll get nowhere. And we cannot be successful on our own. So the third one I talk about is very much in that connection space, connecting with intent. And then the final one I talk about is, okay, now it's time to be heard. Now it's time to magnify your impact or magnify your influence. I, I talk about it in the book of how are you, what are you saying? How are you stepping up in an organization? You know, are you speaking up? Are you sharing your thinking? Are you openly collaborating and innovating? Are you bringing your ideas to the table? Are you challenging the direction? Um, and as part of that, amplifying the people around you. And I see it, Tony, as it's an ever-evolving exercise. It's not, it doesn't go, right, I've done one, I move on to two, now I do three, now I do four. It's, it's almost a framework to go, okay, that now my leadership is struggling or I've got things going wrong at home or uh, my business is, is starting to feel challenged. Actually, I've got to go back now to law number one. Why am I doing this? Who am I being? Uh, what is getting in the way? What's my perspective on the situation? Who I'm surrounded with? So it's a constantly evolving thing. Um and that's how, that's my four that I've written to in this book. And it really ha is about getting perspective on yourself, perspective on the situation, perspective on the impact that you're making. Mm. When you were, for me, um, there's a couple of things there. One, which is that um, the fourth, as you said, touched on something at the very beginning, and and perhaps this is it for me. So work you know me who I am my contribution which includes work which includes when I retire with if I'm donating my time or um, whatever I want to do after I've stopped working um, my connections professional yeah. and personal and and then the fourth is the legacy mm. what you know what you've left behind by 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 being brilliant at those three that you, we just talked about, yourself, uh, your contribution, your connections, and the legacy, because you've left here this great book that you've written as a legacy, whether you're here or not here, mm. your great-grandchildren, oh, your great-grandmother wrote this book. It's still it's still best-selling. You know, like, how many books are we reading today that were written by authors um, who are long gone and mm. they're still making contributions? So, and whether it's a conversation with someone uh, that you've that you had 
an event that you spoke at or or um, a dinner that you attended and you just had a wonderful time, a holiday that you were on where you, you shared with a, a couple or a family from another part of the world that you got to know who came from different backgrounds. It's the legacy, whether you're there or not there. Um, and I, I think that that puts it, um, that gives it a greater mm. universal, um, um, timeless component to it. Um, it's, it. I enjoy these kind of conversations, as you can tell, because I, I mostly do these podcasts just for me and the fact that everyone else is going to listen, you know, it's like, I want to learn as much as I can for myself. I'm very, um, I'm very um, um, selfish in that way. Um, but I hope that as people do listen uh, to you and to, to me as we, we chat, that they also can be inspired or, or um, stimulate the thinking and the questions. And one of my, 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 my first nugget that I share when I do my public speaking is the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask. Yeah. So if you learn to ask better questions, then you, you will be able to be a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer or a, or a, you know, explorer. Yeah. Whatever counselor, whatever it may be. Yeah. So, so we still got a bit more time. Is there anything about this book that you've you've written, or anything that you want to share, or we haven't covered that you thought we might talk about, and we haven't? Um, I think yeah. I just want to pick up on that that last uh, gem that you share in your keynotes around the quality of the questions, and um, you know that's exactly where I started when I started developing the content, the manuscript of this book, because it really was questioning what what is really going on right now? Why are so many people um, frustrated with their, their lives or their work? Why is burnout on the increase? Why am I having so many conversations with executives that are going, I train to be, but I don't want to do it anymore? You know, why, why on a micro level are people feeling the way that they're feeling? And then sort of when you, when you scale it up to what's happening macro now, you know, we're, we're all being challenged economically uh, with everything that's going on. Uh, we're being challenged from a, a health perspective with the pandemic um, and what the results of this is going to be globally. And society is starting to throw in other challenges. And so you've got all of this stuff going on at a macro level, Tony, and then you've got all of this continuing sort of questioning around what is my legacy? What is my contribution? Who am I? Who do I really want around me? And it goes back to the why I wrote this book. And it really is because I do believe that that everybody has got so much more in them. Um, we're just hiding. And we're either hiding our expertise, we're hiding our own personal dreams, we're hiding how we actually want to live our lives, or we're hiding this concern around what is my legacy? What is my impact? What is my contribution? And sometimes these conversations are so big and so philosophical, like it starts with why, that it actually adds to the anxiety. And I go, you know what? The impact that you make every single day 
has such a ripple effect that you will never know your impact. And the evidence for me is the emails, and I'm sure you've experienced it the same, Tony, like you said, you speak and then someone connects with you and they share how you've changed their world. You know, it's years later when I uh, have conversations with people and something just triggered for them to take ownership of their career. I say to people, companies own your jobs. You own your career. Companies don't own your career. You own your career. So take ownership of it. Who do you want to be? How are you being every day? What behaviors are you showing? And who ultimately do you want to become? Who do you want to be remembered for? And I'm sort of going, I'm a little bit over people putting that responsibility onto other people, onto organizations, onto governments, onto society. And I'm going, the only thing, the only thing, as I said at the beginning, that you can actually ever control is yourself. And if we can just get more people to step into their own spotlight, to look after their health and well-being so that they are the best of themselves every day, so that they're serving their clients, their families, their friends, their team in the best way possible, that they feel supported and encouraged to become more and that they're not alone and feel like they're fighting this journey on their own, but they feel supported. And we're seeing it now. You look at what's happened as a result of, of this current period of isolation, how teams have bonded, how people have come together, how conversations have really started and the magic that's happening. If we can do that for ourselves, and then if we can every single day make a point of teaching others always, then surely the world will be a better place. I have this, um, my own mantra from a leadership perspective, again, I talk about this in the book, in that that law of leadership. We have to start leading above the line. We have to stop leading from a place of anger and fear and judgment and actually lead from a place of courage, from a place of accepting uh, other people for who they are, for their opinions, understanding that everyone has values has perspective, has their own loyalty. Everyone has something to lose in every single conversation. The sooner we can start seeing that human being, the more we can move forward. And ultimately, if we can lead from this place of love, and that includes yourself, then I do think we'll step forward. And it may be utopia, but I go, there's only forward, surely. And it requires all of us as individuals to take one extra step forward to become 1% more brilliant, to step into that place of leaving the impacts, leaving the legacy that you want to lead. Um, and the culmination of that is where we get the impact. Mm. So so the, the book was launched during the pandemic. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Talk about courage. That's so courageous of you. Um, and... Um, the outside of the book, I mean, obviously people are listening now. Maybe there's people listening who uh, work in organizations and, and they're saying, you know, I want Janine. She needs to come and work in my If she came to my company, she'd fix my company. That'd be really helpful. So, I, you know, obviously there's going to be people inspired uh, along those lines. But do you have your own website or your own uh, 
program that people could um, you know do a do a course on what have you what else have yeah. you got that this is a, this is obviously a starting point um, yeah. book thanks for asking Tony um, so my website janinegarner.com.au is where you can see everything I offer I do uh, work with organizations to help elevate leadership and build high performing teams um, and I, I like to describe myself I'm a bit like a I'm a bit like an archaeologist or a gemologist either of those two where I come into organizations and I delve deep often CEOs will give me you know their top 60 people and I'll work with them for a period of time and literally delve and dig and delve and dig to bring these diamonds to the surface essentially p- helping build that future leadership pipeline. Um, so I run programs uh, around helping that, but also uh, workshops and day workshops around collaboration, around influence um, and around connection. Uh, but I'm also in the process of pulling together uh, an online support training tool for Be Brilliant, which will probably be launched around uh, August time. And that's so that individuals can access um, all of the exercises and all of the work that I do. So the best place to go is janinegarner.com.au. I'd love love the opportunity to to help organizations lead through and out of this pandemic and actually be the continue to be the success that they they are already being. Mm, good on you and congrats on thank you on everything that you're contributing. So so do you ever go into a company and through the process of spending time with them going, uh, I cannot work with you because our our values are too different and you are actually determined to be um, unbrilliant, uh, boring, dull, or you're just too stuck in your old ways that I'll never be able to, unf- you know, unmove you? I don't know whether I should publicly admit that the answer is yes. <laughs> But no, I mean, I think the reality is there are some businesses out there that that won't survive because they have an innate inability to operate through this significant period of adaptive change, a period of time where we need to experiment, we need to uh, elevate the possibility and potential. We need to try things with our answers and we need to build as leaders this safe environment where people are brave enough to experiment, to innovate, to challenge, to change. And, you know, if you go back through history, there are businesses that don't want to move um, and those businesses ultimately fail. It's like this this crazy cycle, self-fulfilling road to disaster. You've got the Kodaks, the blockbusters, and there'll be a few more. We're already seeing it. We're seeing businesses closing down now. And, you know, it, it absolutely does start with an intentionality from the top of going, I know. So I talk to many CEOs, Tony, and they go, I know my talent's here. I know the ideas are here. I know the innovations here, but for some reason, I can't unlock it. And so this is where I'll often work with that senior management team and then that up and coming team to bring them together to ultimately unlock the opportunity. But it requires, I remember one particular organization I worked with and and he was challenged, the CEO was challenged because his leadership team just didn't want to, didn't want to shift. And I just said to him, support me. You and I are in this together, but you've got to trust what I'm doing here. And um, and he did, thankfully. Um, and 
I've been working with that company now probably for six years in various different forms and every single program we're finding over a third of people on the program that then step up into bigger positions and it's all part of driving change, unlocking potential and really fueling, putting the momentum behind the individuality that we do need um, within our organisations because the, the biggest challenge we've got right now is there is an existing level we could talk forever Tony there's this existing level of leadership and then there's also this awesome new talent and in the middle you've got people that have to inspire this new talent we have to go because this talent is looking up and they're going inspire me and so you've got this you've got this almost like middle management up and coming next lot of senior leaders that have to learn how to inspire to pull this lot up and at the same time They've got to be brave and courageous enough to challenge up. And this is why this is real. This is the exciting place for me where I love working, because if the CEO is on board and they know that their talents here and they know the reality is strategy is the head of a business. It's the head. But if we cannot and if we cannot engage the heart strategy just falls away it doesn't matter how many times you get consultants in or you write strategy papers as you will have experienced without people there's no moving forward and so my job is to come in I'm almost like that secret weapon I come in and I work with the CEO or the C-suite who are driving change who are looking for talent to take the business into the future and I make sure this this leadership team are leading in a different way and at the same time they can inspire this talent up so it, it sometimes it's hard work um, as you can appreciate because um, you know I had someone post something yesterday who'd been on one of my programs and and his comment was you actually changed the trajectory of my career because you pushed me with love to a place that I'd been avoiding for so long and I realized that if I was going to step up into my next role I had to be that person um, and so this this work is good work and and when you talk about legacy um, you know for me seeing other people step into their spotlight and shine that's my job is done I just go, oh, brilliant. Um, I, was at, I was at a graduation event for one of the programs and I had 60 people graduating from this program and they had to, uh, they had to over the course of the program, come up with an idea and then I worked with them on, okay, let's, let's work out how you're going to present this idea both in the written format as a white paper and in a presentation to deliver to senior leaders. 60 of them got there. And the, the CEO at the end literally said, where have you all been? Where have you all been? Um, I'm just, you know, the collaboration here, the ideas, and these ideas that were put into practice ultimately saved the organization millions of dollars. That's what I mean. The ideas are there. We just need to unlock them. And then he asked if I'd say a word. I couldn't actually speak. I had tears rolling down my face because it was just like, oh, finally, You've, you're seeing what I saw, and, and that really is my, my special source. I see more potential in other people than they see in themselves. And my legacy, my work, is all about unlocking that potential so that they can be who they are supposed to be. And when I do that, I go, oh, I love it. It's just like brilliant. It's all about you achieving your success and that's why I'm so passionate about this work because I see too many people hiding and yet we all need them to shine 
and when they shine that's where magic happens that's so great that's so great and unfortunately we're out of time so in i'm going to leave it with this this is a as a um as an idea or as a as a concept and that is that um if you guys go out and buy janine's book janine garner janine garner be brilliant how to lead a life of influence it's 29.95 retail booktopia i can see is selling for 24.95 i mean 30 bucks like isn't that the cheapest investment in yourself guys we need to start a brilliant pandemic yes like, oh. we you need just like bumps. <laughs> it's, a, it's a we need to start a brilliant panic because if you think of how everyone if, if you think how covid has you know one person touched one person or coughed or sneezed and it spread right you can just tell by what janine's saying um you know for those of you that are listening that if you just show up in the world like this, it's contagious, and and that's that's the um, not the challenge, but that's my invitation to all of you. Why don't you um, do it for yourself? Just just buy Janine's book, put yourself on a journey because at the end of the day, it's your life, it's your it's your it's your personal journey and if and if that is as brilliant as you want it to be doesn't matter what you do whether you enjoy gardening whether you want to take care of the elderly whether you want to work in the library whether you want to teach um the 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 people of our future as a as a kindergarten or as a high school it's make make your journey sacred Janine, thanks for joining me on Plugged and Unplanned. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Oh, thank you for having me, Tony. Really appreciate all those awesome questions and the chance to have a conversation. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast, and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com.au.